THC podcast sponsored by Fast Custom Shirts here at boygob.com now with one of the co-hosts. Oh, I was going to say is a fucking hippie, but he got rid of those goddamn glasses. I don't know what that shit was about, Joe, but I didn't care for it. Oh, well, supposedly they're night glasses or some shit i don't know thought i'd give them a try because it's gonna start turning darker earlier you see uh, what do you mean anyway, they're night glasses i don't know they're supposed to do something to i don't know haze around shit i don't know are they uh prescription no i've still yet to go to the optometrist but uh, maybe soon, maybe not. Maybe. I don't. I don't know, Tom. Past giving a shit. Fuck. You know who doesn't give a shit? Who's that, Tom? The, the people who come up with, "Hey, we're gonna. This month's gonna be this, and this holiday's gonna be this." It's like people forgot. That it's fucking Hispanic Heritage Month because you know you got the fucking uh, back half of September, and mm-hmm. then the front half. Uh, All fucking, the way. What are we in October? Yeah, you can't keep track of this. And now fucking there's no more Columbus Day. It's that... Indigenous Peoples Day. No, it's not. It's still Columbus Day. Like that well, went Joe. Said in observance of Columbus Day. It didn't say in observance of Indigenous Peoples Day. Calendars have been saying that, and that's what they're trying to switch it to. 
Well, I don't buy the Marvel calendar for. <laughs> oh, it's terrific. We're back to the uh, garbage ass internet situation, but that's all right, Joe. But you know what I learned about October? What's that? It is not only half of Hispanic Heritage Month. No, no, Joe. It is also Italian American Heritage Month. Hey, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Fuck, you already knew, Joe. You already knew. So, hey, everybody. Happy Italian Heritage Month. Uh, out the width of the old, in the width of the new. Uh, mm, can't wait to wipe it up with you this month, Joe. Right. All right. Maybe after the 15th, I'll do a little Italian celebrating and watch, uh, I don't know, Goodfellas or something. Well, I mean, you watched Bruno Mattei last week, so I think you did your part. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And actually, there's some Ita- uh, Italian midget in one of the movies that I watched, but I don't remember his name. But he's in all. First old- of all, they like to be called little fucks. Like the greatest actor of Italy, I think. Like, there's, you know, nobody bigger. Eh. Um, yeah, yeah. So this week, it's been a week, you know, a lot of work on the horizon that I got to do. So still keeping at it, still got shit going on. But hey, screw me. How was your week, Tom? I will not, Joe. I don't find you attractive. But my week was all right. Just another another week of old Halloween. And I was uh, trying to get into the old spirit because can you believe it? We're already a third of the way through October, Joe. I noticed that today. Oh, it's the 8th already. <laughs> Huh. Yep, going by so fast. And usually the old Halloween spirit will hit me at like uh towards the end of September, and then I won't feel shit for the rest of the month. Cause you know, I wish I did, but <laughs> when every day's Halloween in your life, Joe, it's kinda hard to give a fuck about Halloween. <laughs> but I try. I try. Uh this weekend, I was just like, all right, this is the last weekend where I can uh, not do anything or just relax and not worry about orders because the next two weeks are a lot, of, a lot of shit to get done and more stuff's, hey, can you do this in time? So uh, I decided to sculpt a pumpkin with a top hat and I was just like, oh shit, you know what? If I sculpt this pumpkin kind of basic, then after I mold it, I can make another copy, do like some cotton and latex build up on it, cut the stem nose off, put a carrot on the nose, and bam, I'll be able to turn this into a spooky snowman mask and fucking get more bang for my buck. And then I just, hey, everybody, what do you think? Oh, sweet, Clay Fighter. Oh, terrific. I love Clay Fighter. So uh, 
don't look for the spooky snowman mask. Because <laughs> if they're saying the goddamn pumpkin is fucking clay fighter already. <laughs> hey, I love clay fighter. Just, but uh, I personally think you should keep the hats, but keep them made out of foil. <laughs> so they can't read our... our... Right, you see, I understand. (laughs) I understand, but uh, yeah, just uh, uh, another week Halloween, and it would be nice if you know I could get into the spirit. But all jokes aside, every day really kind of is Halloween for me, so I mean, I did just it is what it is. The yard, I put out the this decorations or what in the yard not all of them yet but yeah i'm not very excited about it watched a few horror movies you know but i don't really do the 31 days of horror you know type thing and i don't draw a lot anymore so i don't do the draw halloween or whatever they call that you know inktober (laughs) yeah so none of that not doing any of that just staying busy working you know uh trying to make some new shit but then even on that score i don't really have like a whole lot of inspiration of what new shit to make you know i don't know i remembered this game called clay fighter and i was inspired to make a pumpkin (laughs) and they said hey you i drew a picture one time of uh this character from Clay Fighter. He was a snowman, you see. I think they called him Mr. Hmm. Bad Mr. Frosty. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Lazy, you crazy. Anyways, Joe, you did some uh, spooktacular things over the weekend. How did that go? I uh, went over to... What did I do? Did I do something Friday? I don't remember. Uh, but Saturday... Friday you got drunk and listened to Dio. I did. I did. I got drunk, listened to Dio, threw some burgers and brats on the grill, and listened to more Dio. And uh, Saturday went over to Frightmare Collectibles. You know, got to see old Lloyd and Sue. Hung out there. And because uh, they were having an in-store appearance of Danielle Harris, who I haven't seen any of her movies. You know, I don't think uh, would catch it. The first one. No, uh, they replaced the lead actress in the first one with her. Okay. Uh, so yeah, because I, I haven't seen the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, or they're really good. That's what I hear. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, Lloyd's, you know, sent me a text. Hey, come set up at 1030, you know, before everybody gets there. We got there like right at 1030 and there was a line already. So this chick's, I guess, a draw, you know, people like her, want to meet her. All I really know her from is she does a... Uh, a lingerie podcast at conventions with some other chick. 
um yeah you know so i thought well maybe she'll be there in lingerie but she was you know that's i guess it's only her sometimes gimmick or sell special tickets to go see her sit around and talk horror movies in lingerie or something i don't know but people were excited to meet her you know good on them you know they got to meet their hero and uh shiro yeah so it was pretty consistent for the first half of the day and then after that it kind of died down that's cool because there was a bunch of people i knew there we were just kind of all sitting around shooting the shit uh got to do what like in a parking lot yeah uh got to do the same thing with uh with lloyd and sue you know after uh like the last hour when like all the vendors had left you know even i had packed up i was just sitting there catching up with them and uh and yeah so that was cool i'm glad they had me out there much uh much love much appreciation lloyd and sue and today i did nothing not a damn thing well i hope you watch some movies joe i watched the movie <laughs> i watched some movie singular i watched uh two movies today actually yeah but before that i really hadn't watched much because uh I uh, watched The Exorcist, and we did a uh, a video review of that earlier in the week. So if, on our playlist of Boy God Bonus, I think you can find that one in there. And uh, check it out if you've seen the movie or if you're on the fence about seeing it. Uh, it sucks. But, um, but yeah, didn't watch much after that until today. Yesterday? I don't remember when. But early hey, Joe. in the week, I watched a movie called The Covenant. You heard this one, Tom? It sounds very generic, so I must have to at some point. That is a generic title, and it's been used before. So they renamed it before it went out into theaters to Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. <laughs> you know, because I guess that's a big name that people are like, oh, Guy Ritchie, let's go. Is he the Mr. Madonna? He marry Madonna, maybe I don't know. Uh, or maybe is he the same guy that did like Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or whatever? I think he's a mate, but that's about all I know. Well, those movies are pretty fun, and uh, this one, Tom, it takes place during our our time in Afghanistan. You know, fighting the war there for years and years, and what. Uh, what our forces would do is we would recruit locals and they would become interpreters for our troops, you know? And the thing was, Hey, you do this, you'll get a visa and you get to come to the U after all this shit is over. Uh, if you follow news at all, you know, that after we left there, they said, told most of the interpreters, Hey, sucks, man, but you're on your own. We'll see you. You know? Oh, and by the way, the Taliban's going to take over again probably tomorrow, which is exactly what happened, and they, like, executed a shitload of these dudes. Well, anyway, this is about uh, old Jake Gyllenhaal. He's a, uh, a soldier or something in the elite squad that hunts down uh, the Taliban or whatever, and they got a new interpreter, and this guy kind of knows the inner workings. He's pretty sharp, and nobody wants to trust him because, like, hey, that's not what our intel says. But uh, he's got a grudge against the Taliban, so he wants, you know, he wants to take them down. But 
they're ambushed, Tom. They're ambushed. And everybody but Jake Gyllenhaal and this interpreter are left alive. And they're, you know, just on the run. And Taliban's all hunting them down. And then uh, Jake Gyllenhaal gets fucked up, shot a few times. And this guy has to drag him through enemy territory, Tom, to get to a base. So, like, for days, he's getting him there. And then they sent Jake Gyllenhaal home to leave that one guy there. Hey, sucks. And now you're, like, the most wanted from the Taliban. That first half of the movie is really good. It's really exciting. It's uh, it's out, it's superb, Tom. But the thing is, you don't throw your best shit in the first half of the movie, because there's nothing in the second half. Jake Gyllenhaal goes back, and uh, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna get you out of here. We're gonna get you a visa, and but uh, we're on our own. We got to get to this area to do it. And it, again, they're being hunted by the Taliban, but. You know, we saw all that shit already. We saw that in the first half of the movie. Now you're going to show it to us again. And it's just, you know, it's not as exciting. So I give this movie a half. Because half of it is good. The other half, eh, it's not bad, but we saw that. We saw that. You screwed up, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. You screwed up. Yeah, I don't know about you, but... You know, I, I still don't think 9-11 was a good thing. They say it was an inside job, you see. Well, those people might be fucking dumb. Mm. <laughs> Not just fucking dumb, but pretty fucking dumb. Because the planes didn't fly out of the building they flew into the building you see so there's no way it could have been an inside job things like that happen in new york every day so it's kind of like eh, you know the locals were like hey what do you do you hey know? get out of my fucking way i need to get a dollar slice bitch <laughs> what's with all the fucking smoke these days yeah, um, yeah, they don't give a shit. Um, New York strong or whatever. Uh, mm, strong island. But anyway, you watched some shit, didn't you? I did, Joe. I watched the sequel to a movie I talked about last week that you just loved. This is 976 Evil 2. Evil calls again or some shit. So in this. Yes. Uh, What was that thing? You got a. Oh, dial one eight six six and it'll save you some money on the call. You fuck. (laughs) It'll you put your quarter in and it'll give you seven cents back after you make the call. Oh, I'm going to call 1-800-COLLECT and say your name. Mom, I'm ready to be picked up from the mall. Oh, I'm sorry they didn't pick up your call. But then 10 minutes later, my mom would be at the mall. Crazy how the phone used to work, Joe. (laughs) Anyways, 976-EVIL-2. 
In this one, not Matt Dillon is back. This time he is kind of rough because he hasn't been shaven. They wanted him to look even more tough. And I think he has a mullet in this one. And uh, he's like hunting down people who've been uh, possessed by this telephone monster for the Lord now. So uh, there's a girl whose dad's the cop and, you know, she gets wrangled up into this thing to where uh, the principal of her high school gets possessed by the telephone demon. And now, uh, you know, he's coming for her, even though she's underage, Joe. I fucking, I puked and said, what the fuck kind of movie is this? But uh, it's all right. It doesn't have the charm as the, as the first one. And uh, it's okay, you know, in the uh, first scene of the movie, You have a high school student, so I hope to God she was supposed to be an 18-year-old in the movie because the first scene is just her in the shower soaping up the gimmicks and shit, and then she hears spooky noises, so she has to run out with like a wet cut-off top on with the shit jumping all around, and (sighs) always weird when people decide to That's going to be the thing that I do in this movie. I'm going to set it where they're all high school students, but there's a bunch of nudity in it. Just like, hey, guy, why? Why? But deep down inside, we all know why. (laughs) Fucking pricks. Yeah, it was okay. It's a lot cheaper. Uh, If you couldn't tell already, this is a Jim Wynorski movie. So, I mean, that explains a lot right there. (laughs) But it was all right. It's a lot cheaper than the first one. Like I said, doesn't have the charm, but it's okay. It's okay. Watch the first one. If you like that, then give the second one a shot. But, uh, yeah. I watched this, uh, you know, a week ago on Monday, I think. So pretty much all of it has left my fucking brain. Sorry. <sighs> Tom, I watched a classic today. Uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein. Hmm. Why this was is- Dracula fighting a scientist? We'll get to that. Uh, this is an Al Adamson film. You familiar with him, Tom? I am. My buddy Dave interviewed him. Quite a few times, I guess. Um, yeah, so this is one of that guy's movies. So he's not really known for uh, top-tier filmmaking or budgets or, I don't know, good camera work or anything. Known for putting movies out, you know, just fuck it one after another. Let's crank them out. Let's get it out here. Yeah, movies. Uh, so in this one, there's a doctor, Doctor Dura, something. I don't remember how they <laughs> said, but he's uh dressed like Colonel Sanders. You see, he's got one of them little little string ties, you know, and he's in a wheelchair, 
and uh what he does this local town has a like a boardwalk and he runs the uh the house of horrors you know you walk in and lights turn on and then some animatronic does this or some guy walks by or something you're a haunter tom so you know exactly you know how these things thrill and chill the people that pay their money to go in i'm a haunter against hate mm -hmm. so i mean yeah so things are not as good for this last descendant of frankenstein you know he doesn't have a castle or anything but he does have a secret laboratory behind the house of horrors and there he's been conducting some experiments tom and he's got a uh like a uh assistant that's uh got some form of retardation and uh he is played by lon cheney jr um, and lon cheney jr is perfect from this role because he just looks dumb and slow you know and, and that's all he's got to do so what he does he sends old lon cheney out i think he's got lon cheney addicted to smack or something because he keeps on giving them injections that lon cheney really wants and then cheney goes out and finds women to bring back, you know, to abduct and bring back and kill. Because there's something in the blood. Fear, Tom. When you die in fear, happens <laughs> to your blood. And that's essential to the serum that Dr. Drew or whatever is making. So that's explained. And then we cut to some bimbo that's singing a song, like a vaudeville type song. She's there with two guys and... You know, they sing this whole damn song. There's a lot of filler in this movie. You know, shit like that. And after that, we learn that, hey, her sister is missing. Her sister is missing in this little coastal town that has a boardwalk with, like, carnival stuff in it. So she's going to go over there and, and try to find her sister. She asks around. The first bar she goes to is, like, a beatnik bar. And they drug her up, Tom. They drug her up. She passes out, wakes up at this other guy's place, said, hey, you know, we didn't know if you was an undercover cop or whatever. But anyway, I'll help you find your sister. Now, finally, Dracula appears. And Dracula, I should have got a can for this. They, they do some weird thing with his voice where it's kind of like echoey, but it sounds real shitty. It sounds like he's talking into a tin can or something. And, uh, I, I don't know, Tom. I mean, it's it's just weird. But anyway, Tom, uh, Dracula figures, hey, this serum you're making, Dr. Drew, uh, the last descendant of Frankenstein, this serum will cure me from being uh, destroyed by the sun. You know, it's got some good SPF shit in it that's going to, like, help me walk around in the daytime. And if you do me this solid and give me some of this serum, then I just happen to have the remains of Frankenstein's monster, you know, and can help you revive him to do whatever you want to do with him, you know, have sex or whatever. I mean, and the guy's in a wheelchair, so he probably can't do that. But after he has his serum, we'll get to that. He can have some monster sex or whatever. Um, yeah, okay, so then the girl, like, finds out that her 
sister had been uh, abducted by this Dr. Drew guy. So they Joe try to confront him. And for some reason, and this is towards the end of the movie, like eight minutes left, for some reason, uh, Dracula and the monster start to fight. But it's, god damn, it's so dark. You can't see shit that's going on. You know, it's just... The camera's cutting here and there and everywhere. Dracula has a ring, Tom. A big ring, and it can shoot a death ray out of it that makes people like catch on fire. Uh, I've, I've never known this, you know, to be in the vampire lore or mythologies, but okay, fuck it. You know, he's got a death ray ring. Uh, he doesn't use it on Frankenstein. You know, he used it on two other people in the movie. It doesn't use it on whatever. Everybody that's important dies. Dracula, he's falls down and he's in the sun. And so they do the whole like, you know, uh time lapse thing where he, you know, rots away or whatever. And I don't even remember what happened to the monster. But uh Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not a good movie. Uh like I said, that one midget from Freaks, he's in it. Uh he was the same guy that was Master Blaster in uh, Beyond Thunderdome in a ton of movies. A ton of movies. And he's always very recognizable. He's pretty good. Um, it's just a movie, man. It's just like something to, I don't know, fill the drive-ins or whatever as their second feature or whatever, man. It's uh, it's good background noise. It's what it is, Tom. Like if you're there... You know, waiting for some noodles to boil, you can have it on. You know, or if you're uh, vacuuming because the dog shed so much, you know, you can have that on or whatever. But uh, I didn't watch any of the special features. This is by our, our good friends at Severin. There's also a bonus movie on it that I'll probably watch this week. I don't know, Brain of Blood or something stupid. I don't know, but another Al Addison film. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the features. I'm not going to. I saw that documentary. That's enough. You know, uh, Lon Chaney Jr. once killed a rabbit by petting it too hard. Mm. Mm. Well, he should just look at the rabbits. <laughs> look at the rabbits. <sighs> Joe, speaking of Blu-rays, it's uh, it's been a long time since I actually went to the store and found a Blu-ray that I was looking for. You know, the the movie section. I don't know if you know this, but the movie sections in uh, stores are getting smaller and smaller, Joe. Indeed, indeed. And before I get into this, I would just like, I'll call them people for this one. I'll call them people. The people at Vinegar Syndrome. I would like to apologize to them. Because you always hear me, they're charging how much for what? What? Well, after going to the store and paying $30 
for a studio one disc Blu-ray. Vinegar syndromes aren't that aren't that bad, all things considered. Getting a movie, at least the case, and you know, the slip like them or you don't, at least quality went into them. And care was taken on most of their special features and stuff. So, ah, $25 plus shipping for a movie that isn't very good. But, hey, maybe you get a couple laughs because it sucks. That's all right compared to a, a $30 standalone regular studio Blu-ray that has probably the worst artwork I've ever seen in my life for a fucking Blu-ray cover. And you're probably asking yourself, why? I mean, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's... Wait, what's that in the corner? Oh, it's a little weird logo that says (laughs) Blu-ray. Oh, that oh, this is a this is a Blu-ray disc. Well, maybe it's just on the slip cover, you know. People might pick up this oh it's on the actual artwork on the on the thing too so whoever decided to do that is a fucking asshole again slip covers don't give a shit there's that there's that very ugly disc there's an advert to go buy the figure commentary track It was what you would expect for a corporate studio commentary track. Everybody sucking each other's dicks, telling each other how great they did and how we should all love the Indians and feel bad for being white people. And then you have a whatever making of just your average studio slop together making of the movie. And then there was a uh, like a a post screening panel where a bunch of people were on stage talking to a theatrical audience, and the audio was pretty fucked. Everybody was talking like sounded like this. So to hear it, you'd probably have to turn your volume to a hundred and hopefully. <laughs> Buy your remote when the DVD goes back to the main menu because it'll probably blow out your goddamn speakers. Yeah, pretty fucking lousy for uh, 30 bucks. I was going to watch the movie in Comanche because if I remember, that was my big thing when uh, we reviewed this movie last year or whatever it was. Just like, yeah, it was kind of weird. All these engines are speaking in English and shit. You know, if it was in their native tongue, it would probably be a little better. But after sitting through the commentary track and watching the behind the scene things, I was like, yeah, I'm all right. Next time I watch the movie, I'll watch the old Comanche cut, but Still don't care for the design of this fucking Predator. Like, it's well done and all that, technically well done, but uh, I just don't care for the design. There was a part of the commentary track where the fucking uh, director was bitching about people on the internet saying, oh, you used too much CGI and blah, blah, blah. 
And the director was just like, you know, sorry, you just can't have it how you want. This is what you get. And it's just like, what? Like he was, this was, he was talking over like where it had the predator head and then a hand in the fucking shot with CGI. And it was like, dog, we know they sculpted and made the fucking gloves too. What do you mean you couldn't have? What do you mean the original one? It's all just a guy in a suit. It's not CGI'd up. So, yeah, after listening to the commentary track and shit, it kind of soured me on the movie. <laughs> I wasn't team, oh, praise the best Predator movie ever. But I was just like, yeah, it was pretty good. And it was worth the watch. And that dog was fucking awesome. But, uh, yeah. <sighs> the original Predator's fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I know, unless it's not a fucking 30-year-old movie with thick cardboard covering the fucking DVD case. Nobody really cares, but there's the Blu-ray review of the new Predator movie. Definitely wait. The newest Predator movie. Definitely wait for uh, Black Friday or something when this will be 15, 10 bucks. Because, uh, yeah, I heard this was just limited to Best Buy and they're the only ones that are going to have it. And I was just like, oh, shit, it was a streaming thing, so I didn't even think they were going to put it on Blu-ray. I better get my fucking chubby cheeks over to Best Buy and get a fucking copy. They had a bunch of them. <laughs> they had them on Blu-ray. They had them on 4K. Whoever the fuck wanted them, you'll, you'll get them. Just, just wait, because $30 for this shit is fucking ridiculous. Like, I was expecting, like, $22.99. That's kind of what the... Uh, blu-ray and this didn't even come with the digital code that i would have said hey if you want the digital code here it is sorry can't do that cheap fucks didn't even throw that in there so definitely not worth the 30 fucking bucks movies okay uh spend your money on uh i don't give a fuck dwmproductions.net fast custom shirts besides that if you're not going there well then fuck you yeah fuck you Right in the butt. <laughs> I watched a movie that uh, you suggested that I watch. You know, part of the Halloween series of movies that came out just this past week. And uh, you said that this one was like uh, a short from Halloween and years past, which I don't remember. I mean, those shorts were like really short. <laughs> like they yes, I, I uh, did go back and watch the short for this one after I found out that it was. It is on uh, YouTube if you'd like to watch it. And uh, it co-stars Eric Roberts hmm. as a fashion designer. Do you remember this? No. No? Okay. It's weird that they had this like low budget short and they cast Eric Roberts. But then uh, when they made the movie and had all this money, they didn't cast Eric Roberts. Right. I wonder what that was about. 
But uh, yeah, appendage. Uh, you go ahead and give them the plot because I think you cared for this one more than I did. All right. So appendage is about a lady who is a uh, fashion designer, and you know she's she's dealing with things in life like we all are: depression, anxiety. Bad thoughts in your head and that, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm a piece of shit, blah, 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 blah. Well, what would happen if these evil bad thoughts in your head manifested itself into a dehydrated Slim Jim monster? Well, originally, it's not a dehydrated Slim Jim monster. Originally, it's like a very, very wet, slimy nutsack monster that grows into a dehydrated Slim Jim monster. And uh, it's just like a manifestation of all your dark thoughts and uh, your depression just manifesting itself into a, into, a, into a monster guy with some cool-looking eyes. And... Uh, so this lady's like, oh shit, I got this, I got this fucking monster that's uh it, it just grew out of me. What what the fuck do I do? Oh, I know. I'll look for answers on Reddit <laughs> or Reddit because they do like all these shitty bootleg versions of actual websites and shit. I think in between looking all this, she takes a break and goes to porkrub.com. But anyways, she sees, oh, I'm sorry. You were, looks like you were going to say something there. Web DR. I think she <laughs> web PhD. <laughs> something fucking dumb. <laughs> so uh yeah she sees a red hot post like hey if you had a fucking monster grow out of you come to our fucking meetup group bitch and, <laughs> hey it's like this post was made for me so uh she goes to this meetup group and like a fucking like a weird like broken down house not a house like it's just a broken down building like mm -hmm. uh, we're homeless people probably shit. But, you know, they brought muffins and croissants and fresh coffee here so they can all talk about these fucking little monsters that came out of them. So it all breaks down to, hey, I'm trying to make money here. You want to buy some fucking some little fucking syringes full of fucking ecto cooler? That'll sedate your uh, little Slim Jim monster. Reagent. Almost. It didn't glow. It didn't glow. So almost. So uh, she goes and uh, shoot, shooting her little monster friend. Well, not really a friend, but shooting her little monster twin up with this fucking moo juice. And she makes friends with one of the ladies in this group, and I thought it was going to turn into some lesbian shit for a second, so I started plump, plumping up. I was working it a little bit, and it didn't go that way, Joe. It turns out that uh, the people in this group, they're really, they're Slim Jim monsters who didn't take over the bodies of the people 
they just kind of shang sung themselves to look like they're doubles. And if they did that, why couldn't they just look like anybody else? Somebody else with a better life. So uh they needed you know, to have the host become weak enough so they could attain their uh, appearance and everything. That's, that's what I remember. <laughs> well, then you go on with the rest of it, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. So, like, the thing is, this young lady, uh, she has a friend. They're both working for the same fashion designer you know and he's uh he's a real stick in the mud tom boy golly is he kind of mean to these people these uh i guess they're uh what do you call it apprentices to him? i mean they work there yeah so yeah yeah that's right they're getting paid and uh he's got some fashion show coming up and they're designing the shit for him you know, and he disapproves it or disapproves it or whatever. Anyway, she's got this friend there. She also has a boyfriend that she's been together with for six months. But uh, as she's having these, uh, I don't know, birthmark monster that came out of her, she kind of neglects her friends, you know, and starts hanging out more with, like Tom said, which I also thought this new friend was going to result in some kind of lesbian action, but it did not result into that um from there it's just a battle to get her identity back tom because this uh this pod person type girl that's taken over is you know fucking the boyfriend now and she's out there you know making good points with the fashion designer you know she's doing what she wants to do what this other girl really wanted to do and uh but no she just got to get get her back you know and how does she do that i don't even remember she beats her up <laughs> i don't know yeah she uh you know she beats up the the lesbian mm-hmm. and then uh she sees the uh the slim jim monster who looks like her like they got this tongue that comes out and like sucks your life essence out or some shit and she the monster in her form is doing that to the boyfriend after they had sex and the re- the real girl sorry i didn't want that to sound transphobic but the real girl comes into the room is like oh hey little slim jim monster it's okay i know life gets hard and stuff sometimes but you know we all just we all got to deal with it. No, I'll, I'll take care of you. Come on. Babality. And then the Slim Jim monster reverts into a baby and she needs to feed it tit milk and shit and keeps it up in the attic. The end. Yeah. What? Quit their job. And uh, they go live happily ever after. They started their own fashion business. And... Uh, <laughs> No Johnny and Haji skirts. <laughs> There's no resolution with the uh, with the support group who is out there, you know, killing humans. Too. We we don't know what happened there. They just said, "Hey, fuck it. We got this other one under control. We don't need to to worry about them." Uh, 
there's a lot of bad dialogue in this thing. The script was awful. Uh, the acting was garbage. Uh, both girls, all three girls, they just didn't sound genuine. They just, you know, they were awful. Yeah, and every time they would say something stupid like that, it would just take me out of the movie. You know, I thought it was really predictable that, hey, this group is going to be uh, the the fucking seed people or whatever the fuck. You know? and so I got that right, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was a decent idea, even though it was a, a predictable, but they didn't follow through with it. You know, it's just stupid shit that they just like, eh, fuck that, fuck that plot thread. We're not going anywhere with it. Um, it's not an awful movie, but it is definitely below average. You know, it's not something I ever want to watch again. It's something I'm going to re- uh, recommend to anybody. It's just, you know, I don't know. This girl didn't have a bad life, Tom. You know? <laughs> You know, she had a nice apartment, you know, boyfriend. Uh, yeah, maybe she had, you know, some estrangement with her parents, but they're rich, you know, <laughs> they're really well off. I don't know. But anyway, she had tried to kill herself at one time. <laughs> and at the end, she confronts her mom, you know, with the with all these problems she has. And I'm not going to do this anymore mom and the mom just says okay and that's <laughs> yeah all their problems are solved just by that uh, i don't think i'm gonna do hamster style anymore that's nice <laughs> very garbage you know a lot of this shit was garbage but i don't know i thought it was okay uh Made for streaming quality, so you kind of know what you're getting into, all the things that you said. I did like the look of the monsters. I thought the eyes were really cool, the color that they chose with them, and it didn't just look like she was talking to a stuffed animal. Like, I bought that this was a living thing that she was communicating and shit with. And, uh, you know, I like the message about dealing with your shit that's going on and you know everybody has this shit you just gotta you gotta keep it under control and know how to deal with it so i like that message i like the idea but you know you separate yourself from it for a day or two and you start thinking about it and you're just like wait a goddamn minute and then shit just kind of falls apart and it's okay i can see a lot of people saying oh if you like basket case or brain damage watch this movie Mm, you're not gonna get all the all the really weird shit you would from one of those movies i would say if you like lignant then watch this movie you know the movie yeah then this is for you I think this one's still even a little more uh, mainstream, like more obtainable for the mainstream audience than any of those three movies, though. So it's like a more tame version of that. Almost uh, 
almost like a hallmark or a lifetime horror movie almost but yeah uh it was okay the monsters weren't the best but i like them like i'm my big thing is man they picked the right color to make that motherfucker's eyes i don't know but yeah that's that's my main thing is just like man they picked the right fucking eye color for the monsters and I guess it has like some weird tele telepathic tele that doesn't matter. <laughs> a lot of this shit didn't matter. If they like did another revision of the script, you know, they probably could have had something really good here. Instead, it's just like Yeah, it's it's all right, it was pretty good. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Probably never watch it again, but you know, it was all right. Let's see if it makes a list. <laughs> I'm going to have to start throwing some of this stuff on a list at some point. Uh, yeah. But it's getting... <laughs> it's getting I, I don't know, man. <laughs> hey, November's coming. Shit's gonna... Shit, and there's a fucking movie I was looking forward to last year that was supposed to come out called Dark Harvest. It's about a pumpkin monster, but it keeps getting pushed back. And uh, it's finally coming out on uh, digital on the 13th, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Can't wait. God damn it. Tom, that's all I Oh, shit. Let's see if I watched any. Yeah, I sure did, Joe. I sure did. I watched a couple more things. So let me take a sip of this little guy and then I'll get to it, Joe. All right. So, Joe, you ever see The Beast Within? I have. That was you a like it? HBO uh, back in the 80s. I remember liking it back in the 80s. I've yet to see it again since. Uh, but yeah, I, always, I thought it was cool. The way the, the beast within looked, you know. <laughs> very, very similar to the uh to the dehydrated Slim Jim monster from Appendage, just a lot more bloated. Hmm. Very, very similar. Reminded, but, uh, yeah. But at the time of uh Amityville two, the possession, like some of the shit like with the bubbling or uh, the face that kept on like shifting around and shit. I'm not sure who did that one, but uh, I know this one was a uh, who was it? Uh, Berman. Yeah, it was uh, Tom Berman, I think, or maybe Rob. One of the Bermans. Don't know who did the possession though. Sorry, but uh, yeah, this is an early uh, '80s movie. That feels like a 70s movie. Watch it and you'll you'll pick up on it. And uh it's about uh it's about a man and a woman. That's how you know it was made back then, because it's about a man and a woman on their wedding night, and they're traveling through uh some bumfuck town and something happens to where they get fucking uh their cars all smashed up or some shit anyways fuck all that the lady gets raped by a cicada monster 
the guy comes back with a tow truck, sees his naked, newly bride on the fucking ground, clearly raped and molested at her worst part in her life. And she says, what the fuck? It's my wife. And now this happened. I want an annulment. And then the movie's over with. It was like seven minutes long. So we cut to 17 years later, and they have a kid now. And uh, the kid is a product of the cicada monster rape. And he's having like these flashes and telekinesis like, oh, you got to come back to this town and set me free, blah, 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 blah. And shit's going on with his body. It's like a fucking allegory for puberty or whatever. Blah, 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 blah. This kid's like fucking 17 or whatever. So probably a little too old to be playing off of this shit. But anyways, he's in the hospital. And instead of staying with him to make sure he's okay, his parents go to the town where the mother was raped at and tries to find out who did the deed. Turns out it was a uh, guy who was kept in a basement because he uh, had sex with his cousin or something's wife. So the cousin kept him in the basement and fed him human remains. They dug up corpses and shit and fed it to him. Why? I don't know. The judge and the mayor was all in on it. Just, you know, keeping this guy in the basement and feeding him corpses. Then, oh, all that stuff cursed him. And the curse turned him into a cicada monster. Well, okay, I guess that's an explanation, I guess. So, uh, the kid turns into a cicada monster. And then rapes another girl, and the cycle continues. So the effects are cool. They're fun to look at. Like, the effects and everything's are really, really, really fun, really great, good stuff. The story's kind of, huh? What? What? That's how the monster, okay, that's. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> all right. But if you can get past that, all the monster and gore effects and shit's really fun. So if you want a werewolf movie that's not a werewolf movie, it's a cicada monster, check this one out. Uh, the storytelling's just kind of fucking jumbled. And that was brought up in the special features. I guess Tom Holland wrote it and whatever fucking Frenchman directed this shit fucked it all up because it was written in English and not French, I guess. So it's worth watching for the effects for sure. It's uh, I really, I really enjoyed it, even though the story was pretty fucking dumb and probably could have came up with a better reason for this thing being a cicada monster and said, Oh, this guy was locked in a basement and forced to eat bodies. So he turned into a bug. 
But, you know, like I said, he was French, so that's what those people do. Worth a watch, though. Would recommend. All right. It's good to know. Thanks. Let me take another sip of this little guy, and then I'll talk about the next one. All right. So, Joe, last week or the week before, you said, hey, Tom, you going to watch that new R.L. Stein movie <laughs> with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase? Fuck no. I don't give a shit about that. So instead, I watched that new R.L. Stein movie with Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. I put it on. Credits come up. Bruce McCulloch. What? No, it didn't say that. Scott Thompson. What? Am I fucking drunk? <laughs> what the fuck did I put on? This is this is fucked. All right, I'm just seeing shit. So it starts out with like a movie within a movie. It's like a parody of a zombie movie. And Chevy Chase is playing an Indiana Jones type. And uh, he's saving a zombie necklace that'll fucking keep the zombies away or turn you back or some shit. And uh, Dan Aykroyd's the guy who made the movie. He lives in this town now. And uh, they're going to have a screening of his movie at the local theater. <sighs> Turns out, Joe, Bruce McCullough, and uh, Scott Thompson, two of the kids in the hall, are in fact in this movie. Old Bruce is a cop, and old Scott owns a uh, bike shop. Okay. I'm sure fucking children these days give a fuck about the kids in the hall and Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase and R.L. Stein for that matter. That's why you make this fucking movie. So uh turns out old Dan Aykroyd shot on magical film created by Thomas Edison. And not only will it, were it made the people who acted in the movie real zombies, so they were real zombies in the movie. But if you watch it, it'll turn you into a zombie too. Or not even that; it just sends out like a burst of light. And then if you see the light, it'll turn you into a zombie. But it's not like, oh, let me eat you, zombies. It's just like, no, I'm going to kind of grab you by the shoulders and my eyes will glow and then your eyes will glow and you're a zombie now. Spooktacular! This was fucking embarrassing. Like, <laughs> all around. Uh, yeah, this, like, cheap as fuck. Uh, I feel like... I could pay Dan Aykroyd to act in something that I make. Hey, Dan Aykroyd, you want to come on the fucking podcast? I got twenty three fifty. 
Uh, Chevy Chase is barely in it. Dan Aykroyd, he's pretty much in it for the most part. He's a secondary character, but I mean, that's still better than just being in like two scenes, being the fucking like actor in a movie, in a movie and saying you're starring in it. So that was fucked. Uh, didn't give a fuck about the characters who gave a shit at all. The people making the movie didn't. That's for sure. It's just really garbage and embarrassing. It's rated PG-13, but it comes off like it was made for babies. <laughs> like it would be like some Nickelodeon movie. Like actual shit for like maybe seven-year-olds or something then again why the fuck would they care about irl stein chevy chase dan Aykroyd, the kids in the hall uh this was just really fucking bad like it started out i was just like oh all right i, I you know i see where they're going they're making like a, a love letter to horror movies for kids like a like a gateway movie for them to get then it just fucking nose dove and kept sucking all the dicks in the room and it's just fucking really bad and really embarrassing and god damn like fuck really really shit really shit joe where'd you watch this is it streaming yeah uh let Lisa know that I appreciate it. This is streaming on Hulu. <laughs> okay. So if you wanna if you have Hulu and wanna watch this, uh don't because I obvious it's not even like funny to be like, ha ha it's it's oh so Ooh. yeah I fucking guess, but yeah. This is uh fuck it's embarrassing that's that's like the perfect fucking word for it it's a goddamn embarrassment this fucking movie for sure uh fuck would recommend all right hey joe I had a stepfather once. He was a good man. Not like these fucking shit movies. Well, I'm a stepfather now, and uh, I don't know that I'm a good man, but I'm better than these movies, especially this one. Uh, okay, so in the first movie, he clearly died at the end of that, right? Getting stabbed and shit, you know. Um, in the second movie, he clearly died at the end of that, right? Just like died mm. in front of a whole full of people. No, see, he kind of just passed out by the cake. It looked like the mom might have died in front of people because she was walking down. The, she was about to marry her son, I guess, at the end of the second movie. And she just, she died of embarrassment because everybody found out she was in love with a boy. But no, it came off in the second one more like the lady died and he just fucking passed out because he didn't have a Gatorade. <laughs> okay, so anyway, they didn't get Terry O'Quinn for this one. 
And uh, so no problem. Hey, that's why we got writers for let's uh, let's write his character, do something with it. That's exactly what they do. We get this opening uh, sequence, the scene that uh, establishes that the stepfather goes to see a uh, back clinic <laughs> surgeon, you know, that this guy. <laughs> hey, you here for the abortions? No, thanks. Just fuck my face up. Um, yeah, not the kind of doctor you would uh, go to, you know, everything's all dirty. It's like, yeah, like, it's like he's more panic than a doctor. But I thought the scene and the guy playing him was pretty funny. You know, I thought, well, shit. Okay, they're going to go into comedy territory. I don't really like comedy, horror comedy. But this isn't bad. You know, if this is what the movie's like, all right. You know, so he gets the old plastic surgery, sticks around for a couple of weeks for the healing process, and then kills the plastic surgeon. Now, this is where it starts to go downhill because the last movie had really shitty kills or off-camera kills. This first kill in this movie... It's off camera. It's shitty. It's not off camera. Was you it? See the, no, you see the guy getting his neck slit, and then it's all that. Oh, yeah. It's just falling all over. So, this is probably the best kill in the film, then. Mm, no, it's up there, but it's not the best one. So, anyway, we, uh, you know. He's back on the streets, and then uh, we cut to a church having a festival that includes a dance. Churches usually don't have dances, any, but anyway, the stepfather is now a gardener, and he is playing the Easter Bunny, kind of, at this uh, church Easter celebration that includes a dance. And uh, who notices that... Uh, the old stepfather, the new face stepfather, but old Priscilla Barnes, who was the nurse from Three's Company after uh, Suzanne Summers and some other bimbo left. Uh, and she's like, hey, now there's a single man. I'm a single mom. And she is, Tom. She's a single mom. And uh, she's got some uh, a kid that uh, he's, he's bound to a wheelchair, Tom. Fuck this kid. God damn. Down to a wheelchair, but it may be all psychosomatic is what the doctors say. But anyway, I mean, you got to fill your time up doing shit because you can't play football or anything like that. When you're I mean, you can. We'll get to that. So what he does, Tom, is he's an online sleuth. No, no. But before that, that's not just what he does. Before that, we're ah. You can't be as good of friends with the priest as this young boy who doesn't run want to run away, as this kid is. With it, he at least whacked the priest off. I mean, they're fucking like best friends peanut butter and jelly and shit and it is fucking everything we know now this shit is uncomfortable 
as fuck. Every scene that this fucking kid and the fucking priest is in, the kid's just like, oh, you got to help me with this. But you can't help to see the evil look in this fucking priest. And, oh, yeah, I'll help you. I'll help, help you right out of that chair in the bed. And that happens in the movie. That happens in the, hey, priest, you know, you're an upstanding citizen of the Catholic Church, you know, me and my new husband, we're going to go out, we're going to have a date night. You want to have a date night of your own and babysit my kid who doesn't like to use his legs? Oh, would I? This fucking movie disgusted me to no end, Joe. The whirlwind romance, you know, the stepfather asks her to marry her, you know, they get married. He's getting along with the stepson. This is like the... Uh, Not as good as the priest, though. It's just what he's always wanted, Tom. But he's got to get this kid to walk. So he says, we're going to play some football. We're going to toss the old pigskin around and uh, shakes the kid up a little. You know, the kid reaches for a catch tom and falls out of the out of the uh <laughs> oh, fuck the, the kid sucks the kid is an awful awful actor uh the stepfather i mean he's not just an awful actor but the fucking character just fucking sucks too what why what why what is this well, oh, stepfather? Yeah, they don't care. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. Let's just try and make $20 over our budget. Um, God damn. This fucking... This, uh, the stepson eventually becomes a bit suspicious of the stepfather and starts doing some research. He wants to go live with his real dad for a while because he's going to take some computer classes. And this makes the stepfather... <laughs> Because not only does his father go to church on Sundays, they go to Wednesday night mass too. <laughs> um, the stepfather, like, hey, you know, this is going to break up the family. He doesn't want that. So he's disillusioned. This other lady with a son that can walk or, you know, uses his legs and starts to Starts to build a relationship with her. As we know from previous movies, that's his M.O. That's what he does. But, again... No, the kid was the Mo. Things get uh, a bit confused uh, for the stepfather. The kid's uh, investigating more along with help from the priest. Stepfather kills the priest. Stepfather kills this other lover that, uh, that the uh, girl that he married had. And uh, that was the best kill in the movie where he gets the fucking wow, oh, go. Oh. I mean, it sucked, but <laughs> it was the best kill in the movie. <laughs> I'm watching this and I can't figure out is this guy trying to do Terry O'Quinn's voice, you know, <laughs> or is, does he have a similar voice to Terry O'Quinn playing like a like a goofy white bread dude. I couldn't no, figure that. all those white people are the same. But it didn't matter because uh, this movie was stupid. It is very long. 
I mean, I checked the running time. I don't know how many times with this. It's like, God damn, only five more minutes have gone by. Uh, it's tedious. It uh, it's just redoing the same shit as the other two movies. Uh, but it's in a greenhouse this time. Yeah, he's a gardener this time, so he uses gardening implements to uh, do a couple of his kills, like a rake. You know, ever killed anybody with a rake? I seems like it would be kind of hard but uh he does it you know and he's got like a mulcher and what you oh. think would be awesome yeah. like they foreshadow this fucking wood chipper like oh yeah get ready fuck face uh, <laughs> yeah eventually the uh he gets thrown into the the mulcher thing and like uh you know mm. he last minute monster movie thing where he you know jumps out again at the end and uh but you know he's probably not dead it's probably you know they were gonna bring him back for a fourth one he would just be half a person uh yeah not good not good yeah uh god damn these movies were all just who gives a fuck just middle of the road let's fucking make a movie because horror movies sell so you know let's come up with our gimmick and just do the bare minimum ah i know you're a terry o'quinn fan wink but uh I don't think this guy did any better or any worse. Uh, I don't think he was as good. Um, yeah, I mean, I threw parts one and two in the for sale box. You know, I don't like them as much as I thought, you know, before when I initially saw them. I thought, oh, those are pretty good moves. No, they're not. I know you were just turned, you know, you turned against it because of the leaves. You have a weird thing with leaves. <laughs> I mean, uh, that was bullshit in the first movie. All these fucking trees are covered with fucking green leaves, but then their whole backyard is just fucking Halloween. If you have leaves in your movie and there's no trees around, Tom, he's going to be taken out there of it. There were trees around. They were all filled with green foliage. Um... Yeah, so we've got one more film. We've got the Stepfather remake, which uh, stars at your boy Amber Heard. Oh, she's pretty. Um, well, Priscilla Barnes is pretty too. That's probably like, hey, Stepfather, you finally got somebody pretty, you know, to marry. Was that the one where you'd watch it and you'd think, I wonder how many dicks this old lady sucked. No, I never thought that. <laughs> you were too busy keeping an eye on that priest, huh? <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> uh, old stepfather did the world a service there. Uh, yeah, so the remake. So Lloyd and Sue happened to have a copy there. So I bought that, which I'm sure it's going to go into the for sale box right after I watch it sometime this week. <sighs> when you bought it, did they say... Ugh. Ah, they didn't say anything. That's oh, Joe and his question. I told them, you know, I got this podcast <laughs> that uh, 
Anyway, <laughs> just mm. ring it. Yeah, so uh, we'll wrap up with that next week and then get into something a little more spooktacular for the season. Hey, Joe. <laughs> While you make that face of holding back a yawn, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You like Spider-Man? In Spectacular Spider-Man, they wrapped up that story with Shashan and uh, the guy she's married to. And so the thing with this, what makes this notable, is they had... Chan doing inks over Sal Bashima. Sal Bashima, not a good artist, uh, but this shows you how a good inker can really like make your art stand out. So that it's notable for that, but that's that was a fuck it, who cares story. So we're on to Amazing Spider Man. And I guess I'll wait for Tom to come back. Fuck it. Y'all can watch me drink water. Many calories in water, and that's that's good now. That stuff Tom's drinking, it's got a lot of calories. I hear that noise in the background. He must be making meatballs. It's noisy when he makes meatballs because he doesn't have a pan that can fit in the stove, you see. He has to slant them. Hey, Tom. Hey, Joe, you like comic books? Yeah. Well, so do about 24 people out there. So uh, don't worry, everybody who likes to uh, check out the Tales from the Crypt reviews. They will be back. I will watch more coming up this week. And I know Joe loves them so much that uh, I've been relegated to do them by myself. So. They will probably be uploaded without Joe because I know he doesn't give a fuck. I do not. But did you talk about, uh, oh, Aunt May had another heart attack and Peter Parker's off fucking around somewhere? Where? No, waiting for you to come back. Oh, okay. Well, in this one, there's an inside job. Inside where? Inside the World Trade Center, because the Green Goblin and Silvermane are inside the building. And uh, Spider-Man says, don't you tell them who I am now? And they say, spider! And they all run away like women when they see a spider. So, uh, yeah, they're just waiting for... uh, Old Peter Parker to come to the hospital to sign a paper. The answer is... Tune in. Because Aunt May's fucking, you know, same shit, different book. So, the thing is, like, like we go back to where he has the uh, psychiatrist tied up with a bag over his head. And uh, it leads me to wonder, Tom, who's under that? bag who is tied up 
Harry Osborne. Harry Osborne, yeah. <laughs> it's the psychiatrist, you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're not supposed to know that yet. Not. Uh, pretty easy to fucking figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the end of it, when Spider-Man's is finally going to the hospital, old uh, Green Goblin pulls out a new gimmick. You know, he has a ghost that he throws, and what that ghost does is it expands and That's turns... That's not new. Not? I've never no, seen... No, in the first appearance of the Green Goblin, when it has, like, all his little spooktacular weapons... The ghost is there. They just finally used it now. <laughs> well, what it does is it expands and it turns into a big shopping bag. And <laughs> it seals Spider-Man's inside it. So he goes taking off on the wing glider and he's holding all Spider-Man's in a bag. And then we see him go through the window and we see, uh, you know, we see him from the window, from the view from uh, May Parker's hospital room she's just laying there comatose about to die will she eventually just one more day please one more day (sighs) i fucking love (laughs) spider-man you know what joe i surprisingly love a lot of Charlie movies. Can you believe it? This uh, I thought was going to be a bit difficult to do, but that's all right. You know? I didn't even have to look shit up for this one. It just all came to me. I did because I couldn't remember the name of my number five, Tom. And as Tom said, this is a movies, Charlie movies, we'll call them. <laughs> And number five, I have Charlie's Ghost Story. This is the Cheech Marine, or Marine. He played ghost of a conquistador. And the archaeologist that found his armor, his son, has to help uh, Cheech to not be a ghost anymore or some shit. I don't know. They do a little adventuring, you know. Did he have unfinished business? Yes. That's hey, the way Joe. Ghosts, you know. You want to do a special uh, podcast for Halloween this year? We'll record it before, but we'll just drop it on Halloween. We'll do a commentary track for the Christina Ricci, Devin Sawa classic, Casper. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe. It's it's about ghosts having unfinished business, you see. Joe, my number five is not just any Charlie, but it's Chocolate Chip Charlie, also known as Famous Anus from The Stuff. That's because you're a piece of shit, Joe. And you're thinking to yourself, God damn, the stuff is great. And it's number five. Just you wait. If you've never seen this stuff, check it out. It's basically killer ice cream. At number four, I have uh, 
a movie I think was called The Logan, or was it just called? <laughs> I don't know, but it features a character named Charles, or as Wolverine likes to call him, Charlie Xavier. Yeah, good movie. I know he was in other movies, but I didn't want to talk about movies directed by a pedophile, so I didn't mention those. Just the low. Sorry, dude who directed Stepfather 3. Joe, my number four stars the Charlie. Charlie who? Charlie Bronson. And that's Death Wish 3, you know? Thinking of it now and saying it out loud just for the novelty, I probably should have put that as my number three. But I didn't. It's number four. So Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. Maybe that wasn't the one. I think Death Wish 4 is the one where they're smuggling cocaine and fish or some shit. Tom, at number three, I have a film from a director we've talked a lot about, and we've covered these series of films. This movie is uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, and it features a character named Razor Charlie, who is afraid by a guy who doesn't drink, yet now makes his own non-alcoholic to kill. Which is a very, very odd thing. Oh, I, I, I just like to taste the tequila. No, you don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> Joe, if I would have remembered that that son of a bitch's name was Razor Charlie, Probably would have made the list. However, Charlie Sheen was in Machete Kills. So <laughs> that is my number three. All right. Tom, at number two, I have uh, Apocalypse Now. This movie was set during the Vietnam War, or as they say, Vietnam. And they fought a guy that they called Charlie for some reason. There were a lot of Charlies in that movie, if you ask the Namians. Yep. Charlie. It's because of Charlie Chan, you see. Oh, I didn't realize how many Charlie Chan movies there were, but I did take a peek at a list, and it's like, that's all that was popping up on us. I'm not using this list. <laughs> So after we're done with uh, all the JCVD movies, which should only be one more round, tune in to two years from a couple months ago when we go through the Charlie Chan filmography. I will never watch those Charlie. <laughs> it's because Joe hates racism. Mm -hmm. I do. Joe, my number two has a character in it named Charlie. But not just Charlie. They call him Chicken Charlie because he was in a whorehouse 
dressed up like a chicken in his underwear. Buck, 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 clucking around. And this is Cheech Marin and Chong's next movie. Hmm. Classic. My favorite Cheech and Chong movie. It's a pretty good one. One of the first VHSs I bought. <laughs> and it's probably like 40 fucking bucks because VHS prices were fucked. It were. Tom, at number one, I have a a film, a short film that's uh, made my list a few times. And it is usually around this time of year. It is It's the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> Brown. It's a mm. good, real good one. Well, Joe, it looks like you forgot another movie. That would have made your list. And this movie is fucking great. Not only is it fucking great, but it's one of my top ten movies of all time. And all I can say is, Bitch, are you for real? And that's because she says, Charlie, he made me do it. The human tornado. You said it right. God damn. Well, Joe, speaking of the human tornado, join us next week as we count down our top five comedy albums. And these are albums that were strictly made to be albums. Not comedy specials that were also put on CD, but specifically comedy albums. This is probably your last week to order anything from DWNProductions.net to get it in time for Halloween if you live in the continental United States. So check out DWNProductions.net, masks, bus, props, custom work, all that good shit. <coughs> pardon me. Joseph, <coughs> pardon me. FastCustomShirts.com. We are pretty busy, but uh, we're knocking shit out left and right. So we got custom work. Send it my way. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. The, tomorrow there's no mail, so I'm not shipping stuff out, but, but whatever. Tuesday. It's because it's Indigenous Peoples Day, you know. It is. I've heard that today for the first time ever. So hopefully uh, we're able to survive a week and we have the privilege to coming back and talking to you fine, fine folks next Sunday. And uh, if not, it's been a pleasure. But in the meantime. Oh, yeah. The song, you heard.